Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 196. The opportunity to enjoy Royal Caribbean specialty restaurants without paying a fortune sounds like it might be too good to be true, but dining packages offer guests the opportunity to enjoy the best dining choices available on your Royal Caribbean cruise at a significant discount. Dining packages are a relatively new option for guests, and this week, We'll talk about why the dining packages might be a good way not just to save money, but to also be able to enjoy some great food on board your cruise. Here we go. Going on a Royal Caribbean cruise means you will visit some beautiful places, enjoy fantastic accommodations, see incredible shows, and probably eat a lot. Food on your Royal Caribbean cruise has become a focal point of the cruise experience because the dining aboard is more than just a means of avoiding hunger. It is an experience no matter the time of day, and in recent years, dining has become a major component of what it means to go on a cruise. With the rise of specialty restaurants on Royal Caribbean, dining packages have started appearing to offer guests the opportunity to dine at a few different restaurants for a lower price than booking them individually. Should you book a dining package? Will it save you money? How do I book them? Let's dive into what these packages are all about. And before we even talk about dining packages, you have to understand where dining was and where it is today. Certainly, if you went on a Royal Caribbean cruiser, I would argue almost any cruise line before 2009 or so, 2010, Special dining was really uh, like a side attraction, right? It kind of existed, but it wasn't a big deal. It certainly wasn't like it was today. I mean, certainly on Royal Caribbean ships prior to the Oasis-class ships, you often found one to two restaurants on board a Royal Caribbean ship that were specialty restaurants, you know? And this would be like a Chops Grill, maybe a Portofino's. That would have been crazy. Two restaurants, two specialty restaurants on one ship? What? And then you had, you know, Johnny Rockets. Remember Johnny Rockets first started appearing on Royal Caribbean ships? That was a huge deal. Johnny Rockets, you know, and if you were lucky, you went on a Freedom-class ship, which had Chops Grill, Giovanni's, and Johnny Rockets. I mean, that was just like crazy talk, right? How could they possibly fit three specialty restaurants on one ship? OMG! Well, nowadays, that's all changed. With the Oasis class, Royal Caribbean introduced not only this idea of offering specialty dining, but they offered a ton of it, right? I mean, you had not only Chops Grill, they added Giovanni's Table, Izumi, you know, 150 Central Park, Chef's Table, and, and a ton more. And on top of that, all the other restaurants that existed before. So it went from, you know, one to two to tons of specialty restaurants that are offered there. And people really, it really resonated with people. Certainly, specialty dining was added to the Oasis class ships partially because it helped uh, spread out crowds, but also because it is a big part of how Royal Caribbean makes money. These days, Royal Caribbean makes a lot of its real profit is made on what Royal Caribbean refers to as guest spending on board, right? The cruise fare is nice and everything. It certainly gets them closer to that finish line, but what really puts them over the top, what really makes money for the cruise line, is all the money people spend on board their ship in the form of dining, drinks, shore excursions, and other experiences that are available on board. And, you know, I, I was thinking as I was kind of, you know, planning out this episode, thinking, it's I mean, can you imagine going on a ship now that only has one or two restaurants? Certainly there are some that still exist. Majesty of the Seas and Empress of the Seas are two of them. They're, they're two of the smaller ships in the fleet, and they only offer a couple of options. In fact, on Empress, there's only Chops Grill as a specialty restaurant choice. So it does still exist, but it's kind of – you almost giggle to yourself thinking about that, right? Especially if you've been on pretty much any other ship in the fleet. Going back to the just one or two, hard to hard to kind of fathom almost. So with that in mind, Royal Caribbean came up with this idea of specialty restaurant packages. These dining packages have been around for a little while, but they've been they've added some new ones and 
kind of work them out there. So let's go over what's available. There are a number of different dining options that you can find. And by the way, these dining options are available to book in one of two places. Historically, they were only available online. But in recent months and even within the last year or so, I've seen them become available on board the ship as well. But we'll get into how to book it in a second. But anyway, here's how to understand. There are a number of dining packages available. Not all dining packages will be available on every single ship. So it's kind of up to you to see what is available for your particular sailing. But typically, what you will find are options that will be somewhere along these lines. There is a one-night dining package, which is the uh, Royal Caribbean calls the first night done right. It's only available on the first night of the cruise. Basically, it gets you a discount on the first night. Uh, then there's the two-night package, also referred to as the BOGO dining package, and that's available for dining on the first two nights. Then there's the three-night package, the four-night package, and the five-night package. And then there's something relatively new, which literally just came out like in the last week or two, called the ultimate dining package. So the one and two night packages, pretty straightforward. I will mention that all the dining packages do require you to eat at least one of the nights on the first or second night of your of your cruise. Now the first night the first night done right is well, it's only got to be on the first night. That's pretty self explanatory. And the two night package you have to eat on night one and night two. So pretty straightforward. But the three, four, or five night dining packages require you to eat one meal on the first or second night, and then the other nights, the leftover nights that are left in the package, can be enjoyed on any other night of the, of the cruise. And the ultimate dining package, well, that's for every night of your cruise. So obviously, not only you're going to eat at dinner at every night of your cruise, whether it's night one or night seven, you're eating there at a specialty restaurant. Now, the way that they all kind of work is the same basic concept. When you book the package, you will be assigned a, you pick a time, but it will it will assign a restaurant for you on night one. So it may pick Giovanni's table, it may pick Jamie's Italian, it may pick Jop's Grill, it may pick 150 Central Park. It doesn't really matter because this is just a placeholder reservation for you. The rest of the evenings will be left open and it's up to you to book them once you get on board the ship. So let's say you pick the three night package. I'll use that as an easy example, right? You book it on online, it's gonna pick something for you. Let's say it's gonna pick Chop's Grill. It'll ask you what time. So you'll pick, let's say, seven o'clock. Okay, so you pick seven o'clock, Chop's Grill, cool. That's booked for you. And then the remaining two nights of your three-night package, you'll have to wait to book on board. Now, what if you say, well, I don't want to eat at Chops Grill. I am, uh, I want to eat at Sabor, right? I listen to Matt. I want to eat at Sabor. I want more guacamole on night one. Well, that's no problem at all. You can get on board and change all of these. And that's really the, the caveat, if you will, uh, in, in the sense that the dining packages allow you to save money. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the catch, the thing that you have to understand is you cannot book the, the nights, the reservations for your special dining package until you get on board the ship. This is basically a means for Royal Caribbean to assure themselves that people will fill up those restaurants because special dining is something that is certainly very prevalent on Royal Caribbean ships, but it's not quite up to the point yet where they're, you know, sold out every single night. There are some popular nights, don't get me wrong, certainly formal nights and nights of, uh, that happen to be a holiday tend to be very popular, but not all nights are, are filled, and certainly on, on port days, you find a lot of empty spaces there, so the dining packages are a way for Royal Caribbean to encourage guests to take advantage of specialty dining, pay a little bit of money, but give them, the, give the guests some money back. It's kind of like a guaranteed stateroom for dining. If you're familiar with the guaranteed stateroom concept, where you go to book a Royal Caribbean cruise, they say, you know what, I'll take a guaranteed balcony, and what that means is, you don't know what balcony room you're taking, right? You may end up at the very front of the ship, Maybe the back of the ship, a high deck, a low deck. It doesn't. You don't know. But Royal Caribbean will, you know, take your money and say we're going to give you, we're going to save you a little bit of money off the side, with this idea that we can help fill in those gaps of where where we have available rooms, rather than let you allow you to take maybe a room that maybe more 
highly desirable, if that makes any sense. And therein lies kind of the same idea with the restaurants. So again, how to book these restaurant packages? Very simple. You go on your Royal Caribbean cruise planner and you go to the dining tab. You should be able, assuming that you're close enough to your sailing, you should see the options. And, and again, the available options will depend on which ship you happen to be on. There are three night packages, four night packages, five night packages, first night done right, the ultimate package. There's a lot of different ones that are available, but again, it depends on your ship and your sailing and a whole variety of other factors. But you book it on there. You book it for as many people as you want, and it's pretty uh, straightforward going there. Uh, don't forget that when you book it, Royal Caribbean will make a courtesy reservation for you uh, at a pre-selected restaurant on day one or day two. Now, on day one, guests will receive a reservation confirmation in your stay room. So you get on board the ship, you go to your room, bam, you're going to have a little note probably on your desk saying, hey, look at this. This is what we booked for you. But you can go to the hospitality desk or guest relations or any specialty restaurant to have them change them. And then you could also additionally make reservations the remaining days on board the ship. So if you put the three-night package, obviously you'll have two more nights to book, so you can make that at that time. Now, if you got kids ages 6 to 12, do not buy a dining package for them. In fact, don't book any specialty restaurant for kids under the age of 12 or 12 and under, uh, for whether you're booking a dining package or an individual reservation. The reason being, Royal Caribbean gives you a special price for kids. Uh, that's $10, actually. Kids 6 to 12, it costs $10 to eat at a specialty restaurant. Kids 5 and under, eat free. So here's what you do. If Let's say I'll use my family as an example. I've got two children, two daughters, 6 and 2. So what I would do is I would only make the reservations for me and my wife. And then when you get to the restaurant... You tell them or make reservations, say, hey, look, I got two kids here as well. They'll be able to accommodate you, no problem at all. Now, if you're wondering, well, Matt, how do the dining packages work exactly in terms of pricing? Well, if you're eating at a dining pack, you know, you're eating a chops grill, it's really simple, right? Because that's a there's a cover charge there. It includes your cover charge. You'll be charged nothing more once you sit down, unless you, of course, order any alcohol or uh, any drinks or something else that's on top of the cost of what the dining package includes. If you happen to be eating at especially a restaurant that has a a la carte pricing like Izumi or Sabor on the Oasis class ships, then in that case, the special dining package will give you a certain amount of money towards that meal. Uh, in most cases, $30 credit towards the food portion of the bill, although I believe in the ultimate dining package, it's actually up to $50. So you have to check the terms and conditions of your particular uh, dining package of what it includes there. But basically, you, know, you get a certain amount of money, which... Trust me, that's more than enough money for a normal person to eat. Maybe not me at Azumi because I go crazy, but you know, for most people, it's it's enough money. And yes, you can pool the money together. So if you're going with you and your wife, and your wife is a little bit of a light eater, and you happen to be an Azumi fanatic, then you you get sixty dollars to work with. You know, you can kind of make the math work as long as your total bill doesn't exceed the uh, the what's included in your dining package. And of course, if there is anything that's on top of it, you pay extra for it. So the main advantage of the dining package is it will absolutely positively save you money compared to eating at the same restaurants if you book them individually, whether it be on the cruise planner or on board the ship. So if you're going to eat at three, four, five, or even more specialty restaurants on board your Royal Caribbean ship for dinner, then yes, these packages will save you money because when you start to do the math, especially at the more expensive restaurants, it adds up quickly. Now, that's kind of the thing. There's a little bit of a math component to there. Where are you going to eat? If you choose to eat at Johnny Rockets, well, these packages may not make a whole lot of more sense because Johnny Rockets only comes in about seven bucks per, per person, and you know these dining packages really don't add up. Likewise, if you're going to be eating at Izumi, maybe you're only going to say, you know what, Matt, I just want a roll or two. You're going to come in under that thirty dollars threshold, and you want to eat Izumi a lot, but again, you're not going to be really maxing it out. 
might not be a great option. On the flip side, if you say, Matt, I want to eat at Wonderland. I want to eat at Chop's Grill. I want to eat at Chop's Grill twice. I want to eat at 150 Central Park. These restaurants that have a higher cost to them, there is no question this will save you money. The the caveat, the, 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 the catch, if you will, is again, you have to wait to get on board. So if you're somebody who says, I got to eat on night three, it's got to be at 6.30 and any variation from that is going to be a problem for me, then the dining packages are not for you. Simple as that. Because the dining packages require you to wait to get on board the ship. Now, even when you wait to get on board the ship, it's not a huge deal, in my opinion, that you have to wait to make reservations. As long as you do it in the beginning of your cruise, certainly on day one is the best time to do it. Go make those reservations with the dining package and fill in those times before they start to get really full. That that will usually work. Again, will you be able to get that day three at 6.30? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But you might be able to get day three at 7 o'clock or, 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 or 8 o'clock. You know what I mean? There might be a little bit of – you have to be a little bit flexible with it. But it will save you money on it, assuming, of course, you're going to eat at that many restaurants to begin with and assuming, of course, you're going to be eating at the restaurants that will save you money. My advice to you, honestly, go to the cruise planner and figure out what you really, where you really want to eat. Right, you know, you look, at the, you can look at the cruise plan and say, okay, well, I can look at it here, and I'm saying, hmm, well, there's Chops Grill. I'd love to try out Chops. Matt talks a lot about Sabor, so let's book that. Izumi, I've never tried that. Maybe James Italian, you know, and see how many restaurants you really want to eat at. Also, look at your schedule. Right, depending on the sailing you're on. If you're on a Mediterranean cruise that is hugely port intensive and you're barely on the ship for meals at all, it might not make a whole lot of sense. On the flip side, if you're doing a Caribbean cruise and you're stopping in places, you know, like Nassau, Bahamas and Port Canaveral, Florida, not exactly places that you want to spend a whole lot of time on shore necessarily. Well, then perhaps you have more time at your, at your disposal and dining can work for you as well. I, I think that it, it does save people money. It's a very attractive option, but it requires you to, again, make sure you take advantage. If you book a four-night dining package, you better be eating at all four nights, you know, four nights of your cruise at especially restaurants. If you skip one, the savings really go out the door, and and that's kind of a, a big deal. Now, the new option, which is rel- really, at the time of this recording, is relatively new, is the Ultimate Dining Package. Now, the Ultimate Dining Package is something that, again, Royal Caribbean literally just, just started offering. And what's interesting about the Ultimate Dining Package, all the other dining packages we've talked to up at this point, the one, two, three, four, and five-night packages, those are all for dinner, okay? The Ultimate Dining Package allows not only for dinner, it gives you a dinner every single night of your cruise, but it also includes lunch on sea days. Not port days, but sea days. When you do the math on that, it's an incredible savings, at least where, the way that it looks right now. I mean, pricing changes all the time, and understand that if you're listening to this episode <laughs> a year from now when this came out, welcome. I'm glad you're listening to the podcast, but you know, make sure you do all the math on your end in terms of making sure it makes sense financially. But at least at this point, I mean, you can even you know eat a Johnny Rockets for a couple of meals for lunch, and you're still coming out ahead in, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and, and Royal Caribbean advertises that you'll save up to 60% off onboard prices with the Ultimate Dining Package. Again, up to, right? Depends on you and where you're going to be dining. But there are some pretty cool uh, perks for this, and it can absolutely positively save you money. Now, there are a couple of exceptions you should be aware of when it comes to the dining packages. Typically, the dining packages are not available at chef's table, Izumi hibachi, so that's the you know teppan style dining, not the sushi stuff on the side. That's only on Oasis class ships, by the way. So uh, keep that in mind, or any uh, culinary experiences activity. So keep that in mind when you're talking about you know when we're thinking of it. If you're envisioning eating at Izumi hibachi all the time, well, that's not really going to work for you. But uh, read the terms and conditions when you look at 
your when you look to book it. The terms and conditions on the cruise plan are all the way at the bottom. Now, you, I did mention earlier you can book this on board the cruise. Or I've seen it book, available to be booked on board the cruise. I'm generally a fan of booking it in advance on the cruise planner just because it's a known entity. Because what if you get on board and they don't offer it? I don't know why they wouldn't, but potentially that's the, that's that's a possibility. So booking in advance, I think, is is one of the better strategies. Certainly, I think it's a best practice going forward. So when, when it all comes down to what it all boils down to when you're talking about these dining packages, it can save you money, but you need to be a little bit flexible with with where you're eating and what time you're eating. But if you're okay with that, if you're kind of a, okay, I am okay with, you know, maybe it's day two, maybe it's day three, maybe it's at six, maybe it's at eight. If you're okay with that kind of an idea, then the dining packages can absolutely save you a lot of money and give you the opportunity to enjoy some really great dining on board your Royal Caribbean cruise. It's time to answer your Royal Caribbean questions as a part of the episode where I get to go into my virtual inbox, as it were. It's not really, I mean, it does exist, but it's not. Anyway, you know what I mean. It's, a, it's a, my, my email and answer your Royal Caribbean questions. And we'll start off today's email segment with an email from Nicola. Her time at, I've been listening to your podcast and they are brilliant. We're cruising on Oasis of the Seas with my two children, ages 7 and 10. Would love to do the dolphin experience encounter at Chacanab Park in Cozumel. Do both parents have to participate in the experience with them, or can the children do it both parents are at the side spectating? If so, how do we go about booking so the adults are still going to the entrance and using the facilities at the park, but not paying the full amount for the whole excursion experience? It's a great question, and let me first put out there, I've never done any of these. I haven't done any dolphin experiences because I don't like touching marine life. It doesn't really suit me. It's, anyway, but I did look at Royal Caribbean's website about the dolphin encounter, and it says here, and this is for what it's worth. Again, I haven't experienced it myself. And certainly if somebody who's listening to this is shouting at their phone right now, Matt, I know the answer. Well, feel free to email me, Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com with the answer. But here's what it says on the on the website. It says, minimum height for this tour is 42 inches to participate on the Dolphin Royal Swim. Those under the height requirements perform Dolphin Encounter only. One to three, one to three year olds are free. Children must be over 12 years old to participate on their own. A parent or guardian must be present as an observer. Please ask for availability. So my, based on what I've just read there, I would assume two things. One, yes, they can experience it on their own, but you should probably wait to get on board the ship, Nicola. And I would book it, like, I would go there, like, on day one, because dolphin experiences tend to be very limited. But go there and ask about exactly how to do this. I imagine, based on what I just read there, it sounds like, yes, you can go with them, obviously, because they can't go by themselves, and you won't be charged for it, but you won't be able to participate either, if that makes any sense. So, uh, hopefully, Nicola, you'll get a good answer for that. But again, when you have questions about shore excursions that aren't quite, I mean, I'm sure you read the same thing I did. But if, you, if you're reading the website, and it's not quite crystal clear... And a certain podcaster that you know doesn't give you a great answer. The next best thing to do is to wait to get on board your ship. Talk to the shore excursion officer on board. If you go on day one, it's usually not too crazy. What typically happens is the shore excursion desk gets crazy the day before and the morning of a particular port stop, right? So on day one, most people are just kind of like, hey, let's go to the bar and meet Michael Poole and grab a drink, right? The rest of the time, it's like, eh, you know, people start then they're like, oh, oh, we got to go. We got to go plan these excursions. So... If you do it early, I think you'll be okay with that. Next, we have an email from... I put a lot of photos in here. Uh, Kayla True... Let's just say Kayla from Salt Lake City, because Kayla, I apologize, I cannot pronounce... I don't want to butcher your last name, so I'm just going to say Kayla from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Matt. I hope you're doing well. We just got back from our Lure of the Seas cruise a couple weeks ago, and I'm still having a hard time adjusting back to real life. 
Kayla, let me just tell you, I got back from my cruise like two months ago. I'm still having trouble adjusting back to real life. <laughs> anyway, Kayla uh, continues. The cruise was amazing. The group we had made up of myself, my husband, my 11th, 11-month-old baby, and my dad, my dad, a balcony snob, convinced my cheapo husband to opt for a balcony room this time around, and it was amazing. We were next door to my dad, so we opened up the balcony divider to have a large balcony, which was so awesome. We spent a lot of time sitting on the balcony. It was the perfect area to let my son crawl around because it was, it was completely enclosed, and there wasn't anything he could pull or harm as opposed to our room that had stuff where he could get into anywhere. It was also fun to sit on the balcony as we pulled in and out of various ports. I'm glad we opted for a balcony because we brought our baby. The pack and play that Royal Caribbean provided took up most of the space between the vanity and the couch, so I can't even imagine how tight our room would have been had we done an inside room. Taking our son was such a great thing, even though everyone back home thought we were crazy. There was a little bit more involved with planning, for example, making sure we had enough formula and diapers to last the week, and packing enough clothes for him to have multiple outfit changes a day. The Royal Caribbean staff was amazing with our baby. For example, the first night we had reservations at Chops Grill. When we arrived, the two high chairs that Chops had were being used, so one of the staff had to run up to the Windjamere to get a high chair for my baby, which was so sweet. Then my son started pulling, getting really fussy and tired. We decided to put him in his car seat and let him fall asleep. We planned to just have him in his car seat on the ground, hashtag parent life, but the sweet staff grabbed two chairs and pushed them together to put the car seat on so he wouldn't have to be alone on the ground. Throughout the week, things like this kept happening. Everyone was so great about him and went out of their way to service. Uh, we didn't check him into the nursery at all, but we did take advantage of the common space back by Adventure Ocean where all the toys are. Our little guy had loved being able to crawl around and play with new toys. It was great to let him get out tons of energy so that he'd fall right asleep. And uh, Kayla actually has a lot of things here, so I'm going to go down to actually Kayla listed out her favorites, which I love this part. It's just favorite things that, uh, that go on board. So here we go. Uh, thanks for such a great podcast. I love, love, love Royal Caribbean, and I'm so glad to know I'm not alone. And I want to answer the questions even though you didn't interview me. Favorite Royal Caribbean restaurant? Now, 150 Central Park. Favorite port of call to visit? Belize and then Labadee. Favorite drink on board? Virgin Lava Flow. Favorite song on my iPod or radio? Still obsessed with Hamilton. Well, Kayla, awesome. And Kayla actually sent me some wonderful photos of her family. And I got to tell you one thing, Kayla. You got like, I guess, I don't know who's taking your photos. Your husband, your dad. Somebody's a very good photographer. <laughs> These photos came out great. And they're very cute. And aw, look, there's one with him wearing a sailor hat. Aw, that's so sweet. It's very cool. And you know what, Kayla? I'm so glad you had such a wonderful time. Because as you know, Kayla, I have a two and a six, uh, six-year-old. And I brought them both on since they were as young as six months old. And it's a great experience. And I tell parents all the time. I know some people, like... Kayla's family at home says, what are you bringing your kids on board? You know, 11 month old? That's crazy. No, it's not. It's awesome. It's a family vacation. And you know what? Even being that age, they're going to totally be able to take advantage of it. And it sounds like you guys had a fabulous time. And man, I just did brought back a lot of memories. And now Kayla, I really wish I was on board a cruise. Oh. <laughs> That's the point of this podcast though, right? <laughs> Thanks for the email, Kayla. Good stuff. I love it. Next up, we have an email from Sharon, who writes, Hi, Matt. I'm a fairly recent listener. was thrilled when I heard episode 189. I had been searching for podcasts for information about Anthem of the Seas. We just booked a February 2018 Anthem cruise to celebrate our daughter's 16th birthday. I know you're a very big proponent of the specialty restaurants on board Royal Caribbean ships, but for those of us who want to stick to specialty restaurants like restaurants, buffets, and snack bars, can you please list what is available on the Anthem? I can't wait to hear a review of Anthem of the Seas. Sharon, it's a great question. There's a lot of great complimentary restaurants. I know that it's kind of ironic that in an episode in which I talk about specialty dining packages, we're talking about the wonderful complimentary dining, but it is wonderful. And that's something that I know that a lot of times we talk and harp on what's 
the specialty dining because it's kind of, you know, it's the latest and greatest. It's kind of cool and neat. But this complimentary dining is absolutely, positively a wonderful experience, and I enjoy it quite a bit. And I will tell you that no matter what Royal Caribbean tip you're on, there is plenty of complimentary dining available to you, and certainly more than enough to keep you full your entire cruise. I often tell people, because some people have a concern that they're going to have to shell out money for specialty dining, and I tell them, no, you don't have to do that. You can easily go on any Royal Caribbean ship, never spend a dime on food or drink, and come away very, very full. You can gain a ton of weight, in fact, if you really want to. There's plenty of complimentary food. So when you're talking about Anthem of the Seas, let's talk about the, the certainly the, the main places to get food on board. The Windjammer, the Windjammer, right? That's the, that's the buffet. That's the main area. The main dining room. Those two places alone... It'll keep you nice and happy, right? The main dining room is your is your where you're typically going to eat dinner every night, and uh, on you can eat breakfast there every every day as well. And on sea days, you have the available lunch option. Windjammer is open every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and things in between. Between the two of them, again, you could easily just go to those two places, never have a problem at all. You also have some other places, Cafe Promenade, which offers you know kind of like sandwiches and coffee and whatnot. You've got Sorrento's Pizza, which offers pizza, and I got to tell you, on Anthem of the Seas. Look, I've eaten in many Sorrentos. Maybe I've just gotten used to Sorrentos, but on Anthem, it was really good. Like, I, I don't know what they put in it. I don't. Maybe it's just the different ingredients. Really good. Now, Grant, it's Sorrentos pizza, okay? It's not going to win a prize in New York City for best pizza in the world. Don't don't kid yourself. But in the grand scheme of Sorrentos pizza, I thought it was better than average. So I'll put that out there. Another wonderful place to eat on Anthem of the Seas for complimentary food is Cafe at 270. It's a, it's a little cafe restaurant at the back of the ship right near 270 and it is one of my favorite spots because they've got amazing food on there it's open for breakfast lunch and dinner and they have the best thing ever the Kummelwick sandwich it is a roast beef sandwich it is amazing just try it you'll have to you have to taste to understand it's so good get mustard on it you'll you'll thank me oh it's so good now i'm really hungry uh, so you've got that you've also got the dog house it's the uh, hot dogs uh stand i guess you want to call it that's right by the C-Plex. And then you got a little knickknacks here and there. Room service, of course, is another option. Although now room service outside of breakfast costs extra, so it's not really complimentary anymore. But there are some other options there as well. But those are the big ones. And you're going to have, again, Sharon, you can easily go to those restaurants, have plenty to offer you, and not have to dine at any at any of the specialty restaurants available. But what I tell people all the time is you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to talk about anything I just talked about in this episode earlier. If you eat at one to two restaurants, and one is fine also, especially just have a special night out, I really think it augments your cruise experience. It doesn't have to be the total experience. You don't have to go crazy and book that ultimate dining package just because it's there. Although... You know, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> I told her, honey, we got to book this. It's for research. Like, I don't want to eat at every special restaurant, but I got to do. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> you can easily eat at just one, and that's fine. But if you don't want to, that's okay, too. It's your experience. And what I love about this, if I can pontificate for a moment here, what I love about the way that Royal Caribbean prices its structure is that it gives you that option, right? Sometimes people say, wow, man, why can't everything be included in your cruise fare? Well, it can be, but you know what? You're going to pay for it. And, you know, the reality is if everything's included, you're paying for it. It's not that it's included. You're just paying extra for it. And not everybody wants to eat a special restaurant. Some people do. Some people don't. Some people don't want to eat at once. Some people don't want to eat at five. That's okay. So with Royal Caribbean, it's more of a, you know, uh, build your own adventure kind of experience, right? You only get to dine at the places you want to experience, the experiences you want to experience that. And to me, that allows me to have the 
I don't want to say the cheapest vacation. That's, that sounds wrong. But only pay for what I actually enjoy. And that way, I am ta- I'm getting the best value out of my vacation experience. So, and Sharon, if that's how you want to dine without, you know, spending any money on, on special dining, that is perfectly okay. And that way, you're taking advantage of what you want to enjoy. So, hopefully that answered your question there, Sharon. And thank you for the email. Our next email comes to us from Kevin W., Hello, Matt. First time cruising on Oasis of the Seas. This is the biggest ship we have ever cruised on. We definitely want to be on time for all the shows and various activities we plan on participating in. With the ship being so large, what time should we start heading to these shows and events? Just wondering about onboard travel times. How long would it take to walk the ship from end to end? Wow. You know what, Kevin? I think you're the first person to ask me this. So, a couple things to keep in mind. When you're on an Oasis-class ship or a Quantum-class ship, you can reserve entertainment before your cruise via the cruise planner it's complimentary there's no cost to them but you'll see like you're on oasis you'll see like cats right the the broadway musical you can book a reservation in advance for those ships that way you don't have to worry necessarily about about you know camping out and getting a spot regardless to get from one end to the other i mean it really depends on what deck you're going on and if you stop along the way and how much i mean it doesn't take quite that long i mean it is definitely a bit of a hike don't get me wrong it's not like it's a you know the difference between walking from one end of Oasis of the Seas to one end of Radiance of the Seas is significantly different. Uh, I, I think the what I generally tell people is if you arrive to any show at least 15 minutes before showtime, you're pretty much going to have a pretty good selection of seats. Certainly if you're not on an Oasis class ship or a Quantum class ship, there are no tickets available to book in advance via the cruise planner. You don't need them. I will point out that on some ships like uh, Freedom Class ships and Voyager Class ships, they may offer tickets, things like the, the ice shows, but they'll offer them on board the ship. Listen for an announcement or in your cruise planner. It's not critical. And again, if you drive in advance, you know what you want to avoid is showing up exactly at the showtime. So if the showtime is you know eight o'clock, don't show up at eight o'clock. Show up at seven forty-five or even a little bit earlier. Enjoy a drink maybe beforehand because if you have a drink package, it's included. You know you can use that there, but. If you arrive 15 minutes beforehand, you're fine. Really, I mean, I've, I've been very, very lucky with, uh, I don't want to say lucky, just, it just worked really well arriving about 15 minutes beforehand. And it depends on the show, certainly, right? Some shows are more popular than others. The the headliner shows, the the Cats, the We Will Rock Yous, you know, those are going to be a lot more popular than, say, uh, the late night shows and some of the other ones that are out there, but it can vary. It depends on who's, you know, a spring break cruise versus a a cruise in the second week of January, right? There's a there's a big difference in terms of the uh, crowds that happen to go to see shows or whatnot. So, uh, Kevin, what I'm basically telling you is, first of all, make sure for the shows you can get seats in advance. The Aqua Theater is the one place you definitely want to get seats in advance uh, if you can or arrive earlier even than 15 minutes because there's very limited seating in the Aqua Theater. The Royal Theater, a lot more seating available for you there. So, book your tickets in advance. Number two, arrive to the arrive. I would say, like I said, 15, 20 minutes before showtime is fine. Grab a drink, bring something to eat before the show. You'll be that'll help you pass the time, and uh, I think that'll be good there. So, Kevin, thank you so much for the email. Great question, and let's keep things rolling here with our next cruise from Hubert. Who writes, looking for some nice beaches close by, short walk distance where the ship docks for Bridgetown, Barbados. Castries St. Lucia, St. John's Antigua, and Phillipsburg St. Martin. Let me start with the ones I know about. St. Martin uh, is the easiest one to, to tell you. There, Phillipsburg is the town on the Dutch side where you basically dock it. You kind of dock like right outside of town. But there is a great little boardwalk area beach that you can get to. If you, you can walk from the ship to Phillipsburg. It's about a 10-15 minute walk. You can take a taxi as well, but 
up to you. And then there's a free beach. The beach itself is free, but of course, if you want a beach chair or an umbrella, that'll cost you a couple dollars. But it's very inexpensive, easy to get to. And in terms of Antigua, there are a ton of beaches. In fact, I believe Antigua's, uh, I don't know if it's their official slogan, but it's a thing they say is there are 365 beaches, a beach for each day. Certainly, there's plenty around there. Uh, St. Lucia, we ha- I, as I, re- I didn't look for a beach exactly near the port. We ended up at first we wanted to go to the, to the Pitons, which are the two large mountainous areas on the other side of the island, but it takes like an hour to get there. We ended up at another little small beach. In fact, and this is going to be true of Barbados as well. If you want an easy beach to get to, if you want a beach that is just going to be close by, uh, but I would just get a taxi drive. Don't book anything in advance. Get a taxi driver and say, hello, I'm just looking for a quick beach very close by. They can bring you there. I will tell you this, and I, I'm going to paraphrase a taxi driver I had in St. Thomas. Because originally I wanted to go to Saint, to Megan's Bay, which of course is the V beach in St. Thomas. And he goes, look. And I've been there before. He goes, look. All the beaches here are beautiful. So trust me that no matter which one you go to, they're going to be pretty, pretty nice. And they're, you know, it's, it's arguable how the difference between beyond there. And he was true to some extent. Uh, so if you're just looking for a quick beach that's going to be nearby, those t- I'd, I'd just hop in a taxi. It'll cost you like 5 or $10 and just be like, hey, look, just bring me to a close-by beach that's not very far. It's you know a decent beach. There's plenty of them in, in all these experiences. Phillipsburg, I just know that one you can definitely walk to. Antigua, I went to Valley Church Beach. So that's a bit of a drive. I would say I mean, a bit of a drive. is like 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, I guess what I'm just trying to tell you is get on a get on a uh, get in a taxi and, and I think that it will uh, work out well for you because you can tell me exactly what you're looking for. I want a beach that's close by. Tell me if you want something else. I want a beach that's close by and it has beach chairs and, and umbrellas. Or maybe you just want a piece of sand that you can sit on with your beach towel and that's it. Maybe you want something with a restaurant. Maybe you, maybe you want like almost a day pass kind of thing. There's lots of different options available to you. And I hope, that Hubert, that you'll be able to uh, check that out. Uh, I would also recommend, you know, when in doubt, and certainly it's helped pass the time between now and your cruise, uh, great websites. Uh, TripAdvisor is a great one for finding beaches like this, right? You just type things to do in Barbados, things to do in St. Lucia. And inevitably, there's a number of beaches that will pop up there. And, you know, kind of look at it, look at the map, see where they are. Some of them tend to be a little bit further away, but... I will tell you that even the one that is ranked number 32, you say, 32, that's crazy. Well, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> there's a lot to do on these islands, and 32 ain't bad. So check it on out. I think you'll find some good information there. And I think we'll round things out with our last email of the day. It is from Jim, who writes, Matt, we're planning an extended family cruise in December 2018. Do you have any advice to share about do's and don'ts when cruising with a large group or a large family? Love the blog. I listen to your blog when I go walking, so the longer podcast, the more weight I lose in preparation for the cruise. (laughs) I love that, Jim. Thank you so much. So, going with a large family... It's a great idea, right? Uh, let's go on a cruise. Ah, you know what's even better? Let's bring, let's bring our, let's bring your parents. Let's bring my uncle. Let's bring our cousins that we like, and maybe even the kids' friends. Let's bring everybody. Yeah, it's a great idea. It sounds like a great idea until you kind of get to the logistics. Until you get actually on board the ship, and inevitably, when you bring your parents, the cousins you like, your kids' friends, you know what you realize? They don't know nothing about cruising, and they're gonna have a ton of questions. And maybe that's okay in the short term, but long term, James. I don't think you want to be. I don't think you want to be the the travel agent. My advice is, 
before you all this, or maybe you already told them all about this idea, but work with a travel agent. Tell them exactly what you're trying to do. And I don't know how big your group is, Jim, because maybe, honestly, if you have enough cabins, if you've got at least eight rooms you're talking about here, you can qualify for a group with Royal Caribbean. Then you get some extra discounts, savings. There's a lot of different perks that come with it. But the bottom line is, if you're going with a large group, more than six people, I would say, work with a travel I, of course, recommend working with a travel agent no matter what. But with a large group, work with a travel agent because then you won't become the travel agent. What I mean by that is when they have a question about rooms or or, or changing a dining time or, you know, all those many, many questions that are inevitably going to come up with a first-time cruiser, of course, you can recommend them. They check out RollerCrimmonBlog.com and the podcast, which would be a wonderful resource for them to learn. But inevitably, they're just going to want to have the answer answered for them. <laughs> a travel agent can be that intermediate perspective. Oh, you got a, you have a question about, you know, sh- changing your dining from early to late seating. Okay, just talk to your travel agent. They can do it for you. That way, you don't have to worry about it. It makes your life easier. It makes their life easier. And again, a travel agent costs you nothing extra. And honestly, if you have a large enough group, Jim, I don't know how big your your family slash group is, but you may actually be able to even save some money because of uh, because of the availability of a group option there. So there's lots of different available options. But yes, I would definitely recommend booking with a travel agent. Have the travel agent then then manage everyone's reservation. They can link them together. They can make sure that they can answer all the questions. Like, you know, when when your uncle Bob wants you know five different quotes for five different rooms, and then he changes his mind three different times about actually going on the cruise, it's not on you. You the travel agent is doing all the work, and you can just sit there and you guys can just plan on which beaches you're going to, which is the fun part. So definitely do that. I would recommend in general once you're on board the ship, a couple of things. Number one, uh, you know. Rather than try to move the Army of the Potomac, you know, trying to get everybody on the same schedule, just plan a couple of key things. Maybe you decide, you know what, it's it's everyone's vacation, but let's plan on having dinner together every night of the cruise. That's an easy one to do. I think that's a great way. So that way people don't feel like they're being, you know, like we're all going to do the same thing at the same time. You know, plan a couple of ideas like that. Maybe do one excursion together. Uh, you could certainly uh, have a plan for maybe a, a drink meetup for the adults, you know, every day at... Five o'clock, we're going to meet up at the R Bar on on the promenade. You know, something like that. Just keep it light and loose, but you know, have some common times people to enjoy together. I think that can really be a really fun experience. And again, uh, <laughs> that allows you to focus on the fun things while your travel agent is doing all the logistical things, which aren't trust me, they're not nearly as fun to plan. So that's definitely how I would approach it, Jim. And uh, I look forward to hearing about your experience on board because I think you're going to have a going with an extended family cruise is awesome and and i think uh when you do it right when you have the travel agent helping you out and you get a chance to experience these things together it is an amazing time because it makes memories right being able to do like uh, you know like we were in a we were in aruba and doing a group excursion it's so fun when you got a group together and you got you know people on there and you you know there's none of that weird awkwardness in the beginning because you already know everybody so it's it's a lot of fun it can really make for some wonderful memories so I wish you the best of luck, Jim, and thanks to everybody for these wonderful emails. And if you want to send me your email, I'd love to read them. Send me an email at matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. That's your email address. Send me anything on your mind, a question, a comment, something you read about at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Maybe I said something so wrong or you disagree with, you just need to get it off your chest. I want to read about it, right? No no harm, no foul. I want to get the right information out there. And you can send me it to me at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.